0: Hello, my name is Tom Boone.
1: And I'm Joanna Bailey.
0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week.
1: Coming up today, the first A380 has flown out of Tyrol since April 2020. I'll see whose it was, while Tom takes a look at how you can get your hands on a little piece of Boeing 707.
0: Joe will reveal the buyer for a not-taken-up Lufthansa 747-8, while I look at why we may have a new contender for the largest A220 fleet.
1: Finally, I'll see just how far the little ATR 72600 is capable of flying.
0: So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And Joe steal my thunder
1: <laughs> absolutely this is definitely tom's topic but tom went on holiday so uh, it yes. became my topic i'm i'm talking about a380s today which is unusual it um, hurts <laughs> <laughs> so tyrol in is a, an aircraft storage location in spain and it's been home to a number of a380s since about april 2020 um so mm. the first one flew in for storage at the very start of the pandemic and since then another 21 have joined Um, But Mm. not one has left until last week. Um, So we got a notification on September the 8th that an A380 was planning to leave, which was quite exciting. There was a a Spanish publication noticed that the airport had filed a flight plan. Um, So this was, of course, the first A380 to leave since the start of the pandemic. Lots of excitement about potential signs of recovery. Um, Mm. You know, and we have seen some A380 action. You know, elsewhere, Singapore Airlines has taken three of its A380s out of store Originalis Alice Springs. Um, So, it was really good to see one on the move from Europe, but whose was it? Um, Hmm. So, Tyrol is home to A380s from four airlines. Uh, The first is Air France. Um, They've been very clear since the very beginning that it is not coming back. It is 100% retired and they don't want it anymore. Hmm. Um, They also have A380s from Etihad. Now, they've kind of said they probably almost definitely won't be bringing it back, um, but never say never. Yeah. Lufthansa, again, you know, they've not really completely closed the door on the A380, but they're pretty confident it's not coming back. So, that leaves only one airline, and it is, of course, our old favourite British Airways. Um, yeah. You know, they've always said that it will eventually come back. And in fact, you know, they've never made any noises about early retirement of the type. Um, mm. They did wave goodbye to other quad jets, um, but as far as the A380 fleet goes, you know, they've been keeping a lot of them in a strict maintenance rotation, making sure they in top shape, ready to return to service. So, you know, although they've kept the type off the schedule until I think it's late March next year, they've remained openly devoted to bringing it back in the long term. Um, And in fact, I think you, Tom, mentioned a couple of weeks ago that they've um, renewed their maintenance contract with Lufthansa Technic for the A380s. Mm. That's been extended for another five years at least. So, you know, that really gives us a clear sign that it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, our Mm. money was definitely on BA the very next day a British Airways A380 did indeed take off from Tyrol Um, and it was GXLEA which is a rather special A380 because it was the very first to be delivered to British Airways eight years ago Mm. Um, it was the first A380 for for the UK Um, so quite a notable plane really and it it left Tyrol just after 1pm and headed up to London Heathrow for its maintenance to begin Um, Mm. so Apart from I was mentioning about this kind of strict maintenance rotation, I, I was looking at the fleet. I'm sure this is something you do on a daily basis, Tom, but I <laughs> found it really interesting to see kind of what all the A380s for British Airways have been doing. Um, so hmm. the three oldest A380s, which is XLEA, XLEB and XLEC, all kind of named in uh, Alphabetical order <laughs> very helpfully. Um, they've yeah. all the rest have been flying very relatively recently. So all nine have been going to London from their storage locations in France and Spain. Um, a few have gone over to Doha now for warm climate yep. storage. Um, that's the ones ending D, E, and J. But the three in Tyrol had not flown at all since being put into storage. Um, mm. I now, mean, that's
0: kind of the whole idea of Tyrell.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So The most exciting thing for me on this was that Tyrell has indicated a second A380 will be leaving storage before the end of this year. So, Mm. um, I think you'll agree with me, Tom, we could see XLEB or XLEC making its way to Heathrow um, before the year is out.
0: Yeah, um, I think I read somewhere, I'm not sure if it's um, confirmed or if it was just rumours, that they're going out to Manila for their sea checks. like they did at the start of the pandemic. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm just Mm. glad that XLED is staying around because that's my all-time favourite.
1: Why is that one your favourite?
0: That's the one where I stood inside the engines of it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I did just want to touch on that because you said 22 was becoming one, but actually 22 has become 21 to become 22 again, because (laughs) just this morning, as we're recording this, I headed down to Frankfurt airport to say goodbye to the last Lufthansa A380. And it seems that it really is the end of the road for the Lufthansa A380 now, because Carsten Sfor has said, obviously, it's not coming back. And, um, you know, all of them are now in a facility where they could be scrapped. So it wouldn't surprise me if we never see a lufthansa a380 fly again um, so i wasn't going to miss that flight for the world but mm-hmm. um i will not speak too much about that because you know a plane took off and flew and landed <laughs> um, what i did want to speak about lufthansa wise is that uh, the two 707s that were scrapped in germany this year now have an auction date set so um There was like this big campaign, we talked about it on the podcast months ago about saving the um, 707. It wasn't successful. They were torn apart and taken to a warehouse. So the company that's going to be administrating the auction of these two aircraft or the pieces from them, um, De Chow, has now indicated, um, I got an email from them because uh, <laughs> I registered for the updates, that um, from Friday, September the 12th, uh, 24th at noon to Sunday, October the 24th at 3 p.m., thousands of pieces of 707 are going to be on sale. Mm. There's not a detailed list of all parts available yet as I speak, but um, we do have a kind of idea of what's going to be on sale because they did make a video of the best bits. So mm. there's a load of engines, engine parts, cockpits, interior seats and more. And there's actually even some stuff that's not from 707s, such as newish Recaro seats and a cutaway model of a jet engine. But nice. won't touch on that. I did want to talk about briefly the two 707s that are on sale. So we looked into data from the Aerotransport Data Bank, and DABOD, which is the one that was in Hamburg, was delivered to Lufthansa in April 1960. It was initially used for passenger flights for about 15 years, I think, before spending another 15 as a trainer for Lufthansa Technic workers. It was then sold to Hamburg Airport for one euro, and it's been there for about 30 years now, I think. and it's been used as a film uh, work and a museum piece, but, you know, they have need the space for other things now. So after 59,000 flight hours and 20,000 flights, it's no more. It was cut up. Um, oh, the second aircraft... Again. Yeah. Um, the second aircraft is a bit more colourful in its history because it spent years at Tegel Airport before it closed in a Lufthansa colour scheme of DABOC. However... The plane never flew in these colors, or maybe it flew on delivery to Tegel in these colors. Yeah. But, um, you know, it never flew passengers in these colors. Instead, it was delivered to LL Al in June 1961. And they leased it out twice to Arcea for a couple of months each um, before LL returned it to Boeing in September 1986. So after two months with Boeing, um, the jet was given to a, as a gift and it was positioned at Tegel Airport. And at one point it was had really prominent place on a roundabout as you were approaching the airport. But since it kind of was um, left to decay at the side of the airport near a forest, so... It wasn't in the best of shape when they started cutting it up, but um, it saw slightly fewer trips than DABOD with only 66,500 flight hours uh, across 20,352 flights.
1: Wow. (laughs) Still sounds like a lot to me. Um, Mm. But but we know where a part of one of these planes ended up, don't we?
0: Yeah, so um, it was interesting. I saw, I think, Ricaro, who are in the auction with their uh, seats, um, they opened a new facility in Germany with the tail of uh, DAOBD. So I wonder if there was kind of a swap there, like, they're like, (laughs) oh, we'll give you seats for the auction if you give us that, you know, it's...
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. So are you going to be buying any parts of a 707, Tom?
0: Who knows? You know, I will certainly look. Um, Is it... It's not such a special aircraft for me because I don't really have such a connection to it. Um, You know, I never flew on a 707. The the connection for me is that I live in Lufthansa's stronghold. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'll have a look and maybe if there's some reasonably priced little bits, perhaps I'll get a bit. But, you know, I'm not going to be bidding on the cockpit because I'm sure that will be... Very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would love to like set it up in the living room as a sort of flight simulator thing, but I'm sure that would not go down well with other people.
1: <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Lufthansa as well. You know, I'm treading on all your Yay! topics today. It's the Lufthansa yeah. podcast. <laughs> well, this isn't really about Lufthansa. This yeah. is about a Boeing seven four seven eight, um, which was originally destined for Lufthansa. Um, hmm. So back in February this year, Boeing released its order figures and there was a report of an unfilled order for the passenger variant of the seven four seven eight. Um, mm. So the order at the time was attributed to an unidentified customer um, but the reports indicated that it once had a German registration D-ABYE. Um, So, this was originally intended to go to Lufthansa, um, but the German airline did not take it up. Um, Reportedly, they'd initially ordered 20 747-8s, but only ended up with a fleet of 19, because Mm. Boeing had asked them if one of the 747-8s could be used as a test aircraft. So, Lufthansa reduced its order by one and had the option of ordering an additional one, but it never exercised it. So, this aircraft is about 10 years old, um, and it's been in the Mojave Desert with the American registration number n828ba for quite Mm. a long time um, and not doing anything very important at all but it is indeed the one that was sold and we now know who it was sold to so it is now sporting the registration suegy and will be going to the egyptian government um so we are presuming that this is going to be the new air force one of egypt um Mm. it could be in egypt force one Egypt Force One, yeah. <laughs> it could be um, in addition to Egypt's existing flagship aircraft, which is an A340. Um, but that aircraft's around 27 years old. So, you know, it's it's kind of ready for replacement, if you like. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. So the Egyptian government could have the same Air Force One as the USA, because they're expecting, of course, 2 7478s to be um, mm. delivered in the next few years for, for their I new mean, Air Force One.
0: I'm sure it won't be nearly as heavily modified Fight (laughs) though probably
1: not probably not (laughs) although uh, yeah I mean I'm really looking forward to seeing how it looks right now it's Mm. still in a kind of partial Lufthansa livery it's still got a blue tail fin and uh, you know you can kind of see the Lufthansa-ness of it but I think it'd look great in Egyptian governmental livery so we'll we'll have Mm. to wait and see
0: watch this space (laughs) well I wanted to talk about a slightly smaller aircraft also in a blue livery so this week we actually um got a surprise from Airbus. They without without anyone sort of knowing that it was coming, um, Airbus just dropped a press release saying, Hey, look, we've painted Breeze's first A two twenty. Here it is. Um so we got that and that was quite exciting. You know, it's it, they say the livery has been revealed, but it looks pretty much the same, same as, as the same as the is,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's not really revealing a livery, I'd say. But um, it does what look nice think, on the
1: A two twenty mind.
0: It does, you know, I think it's it's to my knowledge the first a220 that isn't like a sort of kind of euro Euro white white, yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) it's nice to see a bit of color i do like it
0: it is it's i'm loving that i just what i found interesting about the announcement though was alongside hey look at this livery airbus revealed something exciting so for a long time now there's been a number of um Un- unidentified like the Boeing order, unidentified A two twenty orders on for the Dash three hundred. And um earlier this year, I think it was you Joe that speculated that they could be going to breeze mm. in April. Yeah. Well it's now confirmed that they are. Um, Hooray. Yeah, uh, we now know who they're going to. Breeze is going to take the extra twenty, and it's so this means they're now going to have eighty of the aircraft. And um, you know, the first aircraft is going to come quarter three, a quarter four this year, and then they're going to take roughly one a month for the next six and a half years. So you know. Um, I won't make you do the quick math. So they're going to take 80. Um, They won't be the largest operator because obviously um, Delta Airlines has its 95 jets on order. So they're 15 down from that, but they will have the largest fleet of A220 300s until somebody else orders more aircraft because um, the second biggest fleet of dash 300s will be JetBlue, who's another Nelliman airline with 70. And Mm. then Air France is going to take 60. Cool. Oh, so that's you good know, for them. Yeah, I'm excited to see it um take flight. Unfortunately we've got to wait a little bit until it'll carry passengers because the first commercial service isn't currently planned until the second quarter of next year, so April to June, which is a long way away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh Well, they must be feeling confident after their first few months of uh, operations mm. to uh, add another bunch of A220s. But uh, yeah, yeah, good luck to them. I'm excited to uh, mm. see them when we can eventually go to the US again.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, I guess they haven't added them, but um, they've just kind of Said, Concerned They are them. ours. Yes. Yeah,
1: they were ours. We we did do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry we just didn't for being want quiet to know at the time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you wonder why airlines do that. It's like we're all going to find out eventually. But no, don't, yeah. don't tell them it was us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I wanted to close off today's podcast by talking about a rather interesting flight I spotted last week, um, mm. and this is me totally geeking out because I do love a turboprop, and uh, it rather controversially because yeah. <laughs> most people hate them. Um, but you I know, mean, I don't
0: hate them. Them, but there's other stuff that i love a lot more
1: <laughs> well i really love them and you know one of my favorites is the atr 72 um, mm. and i spotted one last week that was really going a very long way um, so this was being flown by greek airline sky express um, who took a non-stop flight from athens to dublin with the aircraft and it was mm. in flight for over six hours which i thought was rather oh, wow. impressive for a little prop plane um, and yeah. it took off from athens at around 6 30 in the morning um, and it was Six hours and five minutes before it touched down in Dublin. So altogether, mm. it covered two thousand eight hundred and seventy-seven kilometers, or one thousand seven hundred and eighty-eight miles. And that's a pretty Can I have mega that flight. Miles? No, I'm not. <laughs> do- I'm not doing that conversion today. <laughs> what about feet? <laughs> so um, SXELV is a 0.2-year-old ATR 72600. So it was literally brand new to Sky Express in July mm. this year. We have no idea why it was going to Dublin. I did ask the <laughs> airline, I even asked ATR. Um, so it could have been, I don't know, a, a, a regulatory thing or maybe the paintwork needed a touch up. We don't know, but mm. it was unlikely to be any sort of maintenance with it being so young. Um, mm. But nevertheless, um, you know, I kind of thought, well, I didn't know they could go that far. And actually the published range of the six hundred is um, 1,404 kilometres, which is 873 miles. Uh, but that's with maximum passengers on board and obviously mm. all the bags and stuff that go with them. So, you know, as the plane was probably flying empty apart from the crew, this would have... And the ex- fuel And the hopefully. fuel, and the fuel. Well, yeah, a bit of fuel. <laughs> um, it would have extended the range to make the trip. And in fact, we previously looked at the longest routes by turboprops. And uh, mm. at the, at currently, or when we did the research a few weeks ago, the longest bookable route is Air Tahiti's 1,028 mile service, which goes from Tahiti to I don't know if I've said that right. but <laughs> Say that quickly five times. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after a couple of glasses of wine, it would be funnier. But <laughs> uh, So, um, you know, that's with passengers on board, but without any hmm. passengers, they can go much further. So, um, there was a pair of ATR-72s we watched being delivered to Indigo earlier this year, and they went um, three hours from uh, on a three-stop hop, sorry, from Toulouse to New Delhi. Um, and the longest non-stop segment of that journey was Toulouse to Herkelion, which was 1,207 nautical miles, um But actually, that wasn't the furthest. Um, There was another one which involved uh, a Virgin Australia aircraft, which was coming all the way back to London um, from Sydney, which I thought was really cool. So that Mm. one, I think one of the legs on that flight was nearly seven hours. It was like six hours and 58 minutes. So they can go the distance, these little planes, (laughs) when they're not weighed down by passengers. But uh, Mm. I'm going to continue to try and find out why this Sky Express ATR was in Dublin, because I'm very curious. But uh, Hmm. for now, it's a cool story about a very long flight.
0: (laughs) Well, I did see one of them in Heraklion on Saturday. So maybe I should have stopped the crew and said, hey, why did you fly to (laughs) Dublin? (laughs)
1: They probably wouldn't have told you even if they knew, Tom. (laughs) They probably
0: wouldn't have known. (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that's about all we've got time for today. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com.
0: For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye.